This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. Okay, so we're here with Jamie Monk. He's a classical guitarist, amongst other things. But uh, where are you based, Jamie? You're in Louisville still? Yeah, Louisville, Kentucky. Excellent, great. And what what took you what took you there? Did you go there to study? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Lexington, which is down the road a bit, right in the middle. And I came over here for my undergrad. And um, like people do as college students, they find significant others. <laughs> so uh, despite the fact life that, intrudes. <laughs> yes, yes. So even though I did go up to Boston for grad school, um, my girlfriend Erin. Um, her family's here and you know she likes it around here and so she was still completing one of her degrees while i was up in boston and so i kind of always knew i'd come back so sure here i am back cool well i mean there are far worse places to be than louisville kentucky if you yes. ask me <laughs> <laughs> and when, when you're in boston did you study with elliot i did yeah oh fantastic my gosh yeah. wow that must have been amazing it was it was yeah. wonderful it was what a mind yeah everything that i hoped it would be so I love I love listening to him talk. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> like, you know he's he's brilliant. <laughs> that, that's what most of the lessons are with him is listening to him talk. But it's fantastic. <laughs> Great. So, and how how long have you been back in in Louisville? Almost two years at this point. Yeah. Okay. It's Great. kind of crazy. What are you up to? What uh, I mean, I know what everybody's been up to the past year, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I um I have a day job. I uh, work for Louisville's public transportation company, uh, which is called okay. Park, um, in their marketing department. Um, okay. Yeah, so I do their socials and uh, some other stuff, but probably, sure. mostly their social media stuff. How did you? You know, like I've had I've had day jobs myself over the years and, and yeah. whatnot, and uh, you know, it's something that that we often find we have to have to balance <laughs> things with. Did you did you have previous marketing experience or, or assets that you found helped you to get that job, or is is that something that just you know, yeah, happened? for sure no. Um, so when I went up to NEC, um, in in this kind of weird way, the graduate school audition process for me was. Uh, I, I don't know something that kind of really redirected what I thought I was going to do with my life. Like I thought I was interested in going all the way through the like higher education mm-hmm. thing um, and getting a doctorate at some point. Um, and I don't know, something about, you know, studying with Elliot in some, some degree that made me feel like, uh, I don't know, I didn't really need to do that. Or also I wasn't interested in doing that. Um, and so of course, you know, as we all are aware, the reality is you got to pay your rent somehow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I guess you I know, look at it as like a, it's it's life's little game. You know, right? <laughs> exactly. So you know, when that when that I don't know if it's a shoot or a ladder in this game, but when that that sort of door closed, it was like, okay, well, we gotta you know go somewhere else with this. Um, and so yeah, I was just kind of like thinking about what I might like to do, and I think maybe the next sort of you know not teaching 
uh, thing that people often consider in music is like arts nonprofits. Sure. Um, and so my kind of like immediate thought was I would find some experience with that. And I was particularly interested in marketing because um, it was a skill that's something transferable, both in that sort of game of playing, uh, paying your rent, but also to what you we all do as musicians, right? right? Um, so it seemed like like a good way to kill as many birds with as few stones sure. as possible. Um, so while I was up there, I I had two like part time jobs. I worked for the the podcast, the live performance show uh, from the top. Um, oh wow! Yeah, cool. well, I was in grad school, and that was cool. It was really wonderful. I really valued that time. And then I also worked a bit in NEC's marketing department. Excellent. Um, so then I, of course, like we were saying, I moved back here. And um, I, I think one of those huge cultural differences between like Boston and Kentucky is that you know, there are simply so many more such positions in arts nonprofits up in right, Boston. Sure. Um, <laughs> and so it was kind of a big like a big wake up call that, uh, you know, there aren't a lot of marketing positions in performing arts organizations here. And the ones that are available often um, are taken up by you know people who are significantly older than me and have you know much more professional experience than me. And so, right, right. Um, I, I for my first year here, I was working in uh, at like a philanthropic arts organization in town um, in their sort of granting department. Um, mm -hmm. But then someone I knew from there went over to Tark, um, the the transportation company, and he had an open position in there, um, the communications department. And so it, it just kind of worked out to ultimately get to uh, sure. what I kind of hoped to be doing, but in a very different context. So, sure. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. It, one of the things that, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've, I've talked to a lot of, a lot of different people um, for the podcast here and in the, a theme that I'm recognizing that, that all of us, kind of have is this idea of like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plan my career and to do something completely unintended and that I had no idea was even going to happen. And, and what I can't figure out is like, is it good to do the planning anyway? Cause that sets us up for, you know, prioritizing the things that we think are important um, or having some plan, you know, is it better to have a plan and then do something completely different or just not to have a plan at all and bounce around and let life do what it does to you anyway? It's, it's, it's yeah. really fascinating to me though. I mean, I think I've had this discussion pretty much with everybody that I've, that I've talked to, you know, and, and I think, yeah. um, it's, yeah. uh, it's one of those things that, that in the artistic world, you know, we, we, we're already doing something kind of unusual <laughs> and, and freeformed and, and, uh, it's, it's not like there's a roadmap really that, that, sure you know, everybody kind of has to figure out their own paths on and, and whatnot. It's, 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 it's fascinating. So um, yeah. it seems, seems like you've, you've landed somewhere and you're doing, doing some good stuff and that's cool. How do you find that? Cause I'm, this is like a nine to five, right? Like you're, yeah. you're 40 hour yeah. a week, like the majority of your time is spent doing that. How do you find, or how do you grapple with if it is, a, if it is a challenge, like prioritizing and, and, still feeding your artistic side you know a simple thing like you know just maintaining a practice schedule yeah, you know um, how, how, do you, how do you find that goes for you i feel like um this last year i mean obviously it sucked for everyone right. in, in every <laughs> single way but here here yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the uh 
one of the things I've enjoyed about the last year has been getting to work from home. And I yeah. found that getting to work from home has really made that much easier. Sure. Um, of course, because you save on commute time and you save on, you know, just the Stress. sheer amount of time. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's so much time in offices that's wasted mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the basketball game last weekend or right. what you're doing after work or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. That adds up. Yeah. And so, you know, like one of the things I've enjoyed about getting to work from home is that I get to just like do my job and then do whatever else. Right. right. And, you know, as long as I'm on top of what I need to do from the nine to five, you know, right. nobody's really worried about what I'm doing the rest. Of right. The time, you know? And isn't, isn't that, I mean, shouldn't that have been the paradigm for work that we're all using anyway? You know, you know I, 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 I have, I have very strong period or very strong opinions about labor and, society yeah. and these kinds of things but it, yeah. it just it's it strikes me as odd that and it's also that, that the technology for us to do this actually has been in place for a really long time yeah. you know and, and, and yeah. it's just you know the, the crisis of the pandemic kind of forced us to actually rethink and retool and reuse it are you going to be able to stay working from so, home after uh you know it's funny change? you should ask because uh <laughs> You know, the immediate answer to that question is no. On Monday, we're back at it for 40 Son hours of a week. gun. Yeah. And so I, I guess, you know, to, to this kind of original question, I found balancing, you know, doing the art and, yeah. and doing the job. It was, it's a challenge that I think we should be honest about. It was, it's quite hard. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I do have a bit of anxiety about uh, what that might be like coming up. Um, right. Sure. I think, you know, it's one of those things where you do have to get very specific on like what you need to get done in what yeah. little time you have to practice. And um, I've also found that it's really helpful to spend your time um, on the music you really want to play and not, yeah. you know, sure. um, it I mean, obviously burns, things burns yeah. away the things that aren't important. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously things come up where, you know, if someone's like, will you play this at this church service? Well, of course, sure. sure. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, like when we're talking about projects or concerts or whatever, it's like, well, I'm not going to spend my time on such and such piece that I don't really care about because right. one, I don't have the time, but two, I, you know, I don't want to spend what little time I have doing something right. I don't like. So sure. Sure. Yeah. It's, 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 that's an interesting thing I found early off in my teaching career. Like I was so busy teaching so much just to make a living. Cause that, that was, that was one of the big realizations for me was I could make a living doing it, but I had to teach all the time yeah, sure. to do it. And, you know, it, I, coming off of a, of a, of a mentality where I was, you know, I was used to, it was not unusual for me to practice six or seven hours in a day. Mm-hmm um before that and 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 i i had kind of developed this this attitude of oh you know i only have an hour i might as well not even bother you know yeah, yeah. and and what happened was i just i stopped practicing for like a really <laughs> long time and of course i played like crap and because <laughs> you have yeah. to practice and and uh and my response to that was to to then kind of flip it and this is still kind of the way i work now is is um you know, if I had 15 or 20 minutes, I was going to practice for 15 or 20 minutes, you know, yeah, yeah. Up, um, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there. And 
the efficiency of the process got really intense because of that, you know, and, and like you were saying, you know, when you, when, when, when your time gets crunched like that you, and you prioritize, you know, the, the stuff that's not important goes away, you know, it's mm-hmm. almost right. like this crucible that, that, that burns it off. And uh, it, it, it's, it's really interesting, but uh, it's, it's, yeah. And I mean, I think I, I think every, again, I think it's something that everybody grapples with and yeah. comes, comes up with their solutions for it's, 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 it's very interesting to me. So um, we should talk about your duo with Siad. I mean, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's how <laughs> I made this connection with you. I, sure. I had asked her, um, you know, you guys are of, of a di- different generation than than I am, and things are are different for you in in terms of the resources that are available and, and your ability to use them, um, all sorts of things. I mean, it's just it's you're standing you, the, the view from your point of view is a much different one than I had when I was at your age, and and honestly, it's it's a much different one from that that I have now trying to to understand and catch up and see what's going on and, and, you know, and that kind of thing. So I wanted, I specifically wanted to talk to Siad about a lot of that stuff. And I had asked her if, if there were other people that she would recommend for me to talk to. And she said, of course, you should talk to my friend, Jamie. So, yeah. um, but you, you play in a duet with her. Yep. Which is interesting to me because she lives in Austin and you're in Louisville. <laughs> Have you guys, you, you did live in this, in, in Atlanta for, Oh boy! Time right. Yeah, this is always the question when people ask yeah. us, like, "How does this work?" <laughs> uh, so she um, she got her master's degree at U of L when I was getting my undergraduate degree at U of L, which is the okay. University of Louisville. If, yes. if uh, you know someone listening isn't aware, um, and so you know we we kind of started off um, her first year. We were just you know, friends, because we, we have a kind of similar life outlook on things and similar set of interests. Um, and then I, I think it was the second year we started uh, playing together. Um, and we did this, like, the, there was a contemporary music ensemble course at, at U of L that we took, which was outside of, of the guitar department. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just did that. And, uh, you, you, it, I don't recall it being serious in the sense that we were like, this is going to be a thing that keeps happening post-graduation. Like, obviously, we, you know, took it seriously in, in terms of the rehearsal and, and putting together things. But I don't really remember it so much being like, a, we're going to keep doing this. Uh, obviously, I think we still felt like we would stay in close contact and become sure. friends or whatever. But um Sometime the year after that, she she got went to go get her uh, doctorate degree at the University of Georgia. As we said, I went up to Boston, um, and somewhere in there, that time when we were even further apart, uh, we <laughs> we uh, yeah we um, kind of just started talking about like what we might do if we wanted to, you know, work together more. Um, sure, because that that duo and, and both of us in general are, are you know more interested in contemporary music than i as a you know sort of loose observation see a lot of other classical guitarists that i know um and in particular you, you know people bemoan the size of the classical guitar repertoire a lot which is what it is it's foolish uh, that, that yes, is such I, a foolish point of view i agree uh, and but so I think we're all kind of tired of like hearing the same, you know, 
whatever size pool of pieces that often get played in classical guitar. But it seems like in chamber context, that pool of pieces is even smaller. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. that that frustration is even like more heightened because we're like, I'm tired of hearing the tango suite. Much love to Piazzolla, <laughs> but I'm tired of hearing the tango suite. Um, and so we, I just, you know, having these conversations going back and forth with one another. Um, and so somehow we were like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get, we'll play at some point. And so um, the kind of first result of this uh, is almost two years ago at this point. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I moved back here uh, to Louisville from Boston. She was still in Athens. And so a, a few weeks after moving back, I flew down there to see her. Okay. And I was there for a week and we, basically this is what happens when we see each other. It's just like a mad dash to put something together and then Very off we cool. go to perform it. So um, since that time later, I think that fall, it was, yeah. So a few months after that, she came up to Louisville and we played in Lexington. Um, and since then we've been doing this thing remotely. Uh, right. Um, so, I guess there's maybe two two sides to this question. It's like, well, how do we work, you know, pandemic notwithstanding? Sure. And as I kind of touched on, it's like, okay, well, we have to pick what we're, <laughs> we're going to do. And we have to kind of like know how we're going to do it. And then it's just kind of like a sprint to put it together yeah. real quick before the concert. Um, but then it's kind of exciting though, you know, I mean, I think, I think that that kind of approach can imbue the process with a whole lot of energy. That's, that's really positive, yeah. you know, you know, it's got, it's like pros and cons, of course. Like I, I wish of course that, that we got to see each other more often and that, sure. you know, to a degree it could become, you know, like more seasoned, but at the same time, it's like, like what we were talking about with the day jobs, you know, there's no time to waste, right? Like you've got to yeah. be real real quick about skimming off that fat uh and yeah. so it is it is what it is it's the experience that we have right and, sure um so we make the most of it but this last year um we've kind of been trying to find pieces that um don't so much work on on you know like the conventional chamber sense of, of like lining up our little plucks or something right. um, <laughs> be, because i just my overall sense of that is like it would be a disaster to have to put that together on a on a super Remotely. tight yeah. level so a lot of what we've been doing has been more like uh sound textural based yeah. and um as much now, less are, are you are you making music with each other in real time or are you like recording parts and and doing that we've been doing the uh the recording parts thing yeah. um we at the very early parts of the pandemic, we we did try to go, do it together, um, and of course, what were we've you all, using for that? We originally were trying to do it on Zoom. Oh um, my gosh! Of course, yeah. This was like you know three weeks in, and of course, right. I think all of our comfort levels with Zoom have you right. know, grown with time. <laughs> but yeah, I we kind of realized like it's just better to just slap them together, uh, yeah. and that way we can do it on our own time and you know as we as we need to um, right right yeah cool and do you guys do you, I, I looked at your schedule briefly today before before coming mm -hmm. on um you have some stuff coming up right oh uh, yeah well 
uh, you know, today, in fact, we're uh, oh later presenting this video uh, or set of videos for the Oh My Ears Festival in Phoenix, which is the last thing we did together in person before okay. the pandemic. Uh, that was like three weeks before the the United States shut down. And I look back on that and I think maybe I shouldn't have flown across the country. Then. <laughs> um, can't get that one back though. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were yeah. also innocent then. <laughs> yeah, truly, I, I think about that a lot. Like I've been watching some soccer documentaries every now and then. I see like you know the stadiums full of fans just screaming. Yeah. I'm it makes like, your skin crawl now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> weird. <laughs> I'm like, that was really cute. <laughs> was wild. How are you not, people not all sick? <laughs> yeah, not doing that again. Um, yeah, but um, and then we've also been doing this kind of like presentation show where people uh, can do, uh, you know, the prompt is you can do whatever you want. And um, nice. Yeah, people. So and why not? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we had, uh, you know, one of my uh, colleagues and their fiance put together like a little 25 minute video of them doing some stuff and then we interviewed them afterwards and that's basically the gist of it that someone performs whatever they want and then is it is it guitar focused specifically or is it whatever uh, it's really almost to uh maybe a fault not guitar focused okay um, <laughs> i don't know i i i don't know that we're uh cognizant of the fact that we're not necessarily inviting guitar players as much as it is we just it just so has happened that we haven't been but um now the next person is the violinist i think we have we have another violinist after that and uh there's a percussionist coming up and uh yeah just different sure. things it's 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 the uh it's the, the pandemic version of being a collaborative musician right you yeah. know yeah. um which is you know again something that 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 I think about a lot. I, you know, people talk about, um, you know, the, the the guitar community being this kind of like isolated, insulated, weird little <laughs> box, you know, and yeah. and people trying to to you know fight over the crumbs to create careers through that. And and I remember many years ago, a dear friend of mine who who was uh, was very very well versed and very knew knew a lot about the guitar scene and, and knew everybody and he said why don't you pe people play chamber music you know yeah. like what what's wrong with this you know and and uh and i've always found that that that's uh that's a that's an interesting thing is like you know on one hand guitarists will complain oh you know we're not part of the the larger classical music world in general woe is us you know they don't accept yeah. us and yeah, on the other right. hand it's like well when's the last time you did chamber music gig you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a big wide world out there and, or even like no people that play other things you know like, yeah right <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. I mean, when's the last I, time that you went to a classical music concert there wasn't a guitarist right, you know? right, right. <laughs> I mean, oh god i you know i i really enjoy playing with other people of course that aren't guitarists i mean one of my friends from NEC happened to, you know, she won a spot with the orchestra here. And so she moved back here. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of a funny coincidence. Yeah. And of course, the sort of struggle is, and something I maybe I should have thought about is like, well, for her, being in the orchestra is her full-time job. So like right. getting her to play after, after that is, you know, kind of difficult because she's wrapped up with that, you know, of course, um, yeah. and I totally understand that looking back on it, but I was, you know, hoping maybe I'd get to play more with her than I have. Um, yeah. But yeah, your point is 
uh, one that I really agree with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one one of the surprisingly, you know, because I've done a lot of chamber music, and I've I've found that other musicians really enjoy playing with guitar. You know, mm -hmm, it's, it's yeah. a whole different thing for them. Um, a flutist that I play with fair a fair amount. She, you know, she's always talking about like how much she loves that she can play with a really wide dynamic range. Yeah, sure. Because you know, like she doesn't have to fight for volume. It's 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 all there, and she can do what she wants. And she, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be covering it up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I've, I've, yeah, I've heard that from from a lot of a lot of the people that I've, I've collaborated with. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 interesting to me, like like this project that you were describing. Um, you know, like, and and this is something that I think we've we've all been dealing with over the past year and whatnot is, uh, you know, this, it's just a new way of doing that. Right. You know, this, you know, the use of the technology and, and yeah. being on zoom and, and trying to find it. It's interesting that we didn't just respond to this by saying, well, I'm just not going to create, right. Mm -hmm. I can't create in real time with people, you know, so let's find new ways to create and let's, yeah, let's, sure. let's do that. And I think that's, that's really cool. And I think what it says about the essence of, the drive to create and be creative is really important. It's like, you know, you can, you can, you can change everything about the externals of what we're doing, but the one thing that, that you can't change is our, is our desire to do it, you know, and, and, and finding a way to, to make it happen. You know, it's like the, 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 the seeds in the, in the, in the cracks in the pavement, find a way to grow, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and also, you know, this is kind of strange maybe, but like to the point about practicing, you know, I feel as if, I, I don't know if this is like my old repressed Christian guilt or something, but like, <laughs> you know, if, if I don't, you know, touch a guitar for a right. certain amount of time every week, like I, I physically feel different. Um, right. So yeah, like in some way you have to keep going. And so yeah. I think, I think I, I've, on the whole, I'm proud of the fact that the duo has found a way, despite the fact yeah. that we live a thousand miles apart and, um, you know, everything was stacked against us to sure, continue. Sure. But again, yeah, again, but again, finding, you know, finding solutions that, that, you know, you might not have been forced to otherwise. And that opens yeah, up exactly. a whole new, whole new, like world of ideas and possibilities sure. and things that, that uh, you know, you, you couldn't have guessed you know you couldn't have guessed right, that, that, right. was, that was gonna be this is what we're doing now okay this is fun and but you know like wow okay uh yeah that's that's really cool though very cool and would, do you have do you have any other standing projects like that going on currently um so so the duo is in uh this sort of collaborative project currently uh and basically what happened there is we got paired with a composer and like a video artist to make some sort of piece. Oh, wow. And um, that should be done. I think it's like May 15th is okay. the day that those get played on Facebook for whoever's watching. Um, <laughs> yeah. And let's see what else. Um, I know that Seattle and I, for our duo, we are supposed to be getting a few like, commission things in sometime soon uh, that will continue to be in this sort of like uh you know long distance format um okay what composers have you commissioned uh so we worked with um elizabeth a baker on this project okay. that we did a couple of years ago um and because of the pandemic 
we have not been able to play her piece. Um, even though we planned to last uh, last June, yeah. So I, since since we had been working with her on that, I had been wanting to work with her on a solo piece, um, and so I asked her about that. Uh, but I asked her about that with the hopes that she would be able to make this solo piece in some way also a duo piece. Um, so we have no idea what that will look like, but <laughs> that that should be in sometime um which would be very cool. cool and uh then we also met this guy named brian ellis um who i think just moved to brooklyn from like denver or somewhere out there um and he's doing i hope he's doing something that it should be specifically for zoom i believe okay. um and i i he was saying something about uh maybe getting some dancers involved or you know some sort of interdisciplinary thing um yeah um so those are kind of like the big things for us coming up i think yeah neat very very cool and i was again i was i was looking at your website and you have um i'll find it um <laughs> So we should, you know, mention that your your website is jamiemonk.com and, and that's right. <laughs> J-A-M-I-E-M-O-N-C-K.com. Yep. Um, Don't forget that C. Don't mess you up. <laughs> Monk's <laughs> miniatures. That's that's the that's the thing uh, I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Tell 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 us about that. Well, uh, so <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, so when I was in grad school. I guess this is one of those things I think about a lot. So I'll just like go ahead and say the whole thing. Um, yeah. I, you know, I was of course living there like by myself. Um, you know, you move to an entirely different place. You have no friends there. So, you know, it's just like a really, uh, you know, kind it's of a empty. For depression. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, you know, it's a very uh, interesting time. Um, but so I, I've always loved cooking. I was watching this show called Chef's Table on Netflix. Um, which I really love. And so specifically in the first season of, of the show, a lot of the chefs on the show are talking about like, what does it mean to serve a dish? Like what is cuisine? You know, all these kind of like existential questions about food. And so, you know, you know like we were starting this conversation about like what it is I'm doing with my life. And that, that same sort of thing was happening with like, what am I doing with music? So, you know, it was a really, uh, you know, introspective <laughs> period of time. Sure, sure. Um, so anyways, to get back to what I was going on about. Um, so I was asking myself, like, well, what what do classical guitarists do? Like, what should we be doing? What have we done? Like, what's up here? Uh, and so along along with that and my sort of like long desire to, you know, like be better at programming concerts and learn about how to program music on a concert, like I just kind of like check out on like google images or whatever you know what bream would play what Sagovia would play mm -hmm. uh you know what elliot plays um and you know of course we're all kind of aware anyways of what those guys have all done but you know just kind of looking through those documents and thinking about it and you're talking sort of, specifically like the, the programming like the, the pieces the choice pieces how they yeah, were yeah, yeah, those yeah, kinds of yeah, things yeah yeah exactly um 
And you know, if you Google like Segovia concert program, you can come up right. with a bunch. Graham of, Wade uh, yeah. he cataloged all of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's really quite interesting. Um, and so, like, this isn't an earth-shattering observation, but the thing that has really stuck with me is that, like, as guitarists, we do essentially three things. Um, the most immediate one is we play standard repertoire, like the Tango Suite, like Tedesco, Rodrigo, um, <laughs> things like that, right? Um, I'm, I'm going to hire you to come to Columbus and play nothing but the Tango Suite straight for 24 hours. Dude, I will. I will. <laughs> Just alternates. For three U.S. dollars. <laughs> just, well, I mean, let me tell you, I've been paid less. So, um, yeah, so the standard repertoire thing, I think we all are aware kind of like what that sure. means for each of us. Um, the other sort of deal that's really obvious is that there's this longstanding tradition of transcribing pieces for guitar, um, mm -hmm. most obviously Granados, uh, Venez, those mm -hmm. sort of deals. But if you, uh, Scarlatti, um, but you know, people like Elliot, for example, have transcribed some things that get played less, like Rockberg Caprice Variations and other pieces mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then to get to this miniature idea, the thing that really strikes me as maybe the most important aspect of all this is that when you think about what literally every single one of these ginormous figures of the last hundred or so years of guitar have done, be it Presti and Magoya, or Scovia, Breen, Fisk, Williams, Barwaco, uh, whoever else, um, all of them have worked a lot with composers on brand new pieces, right? Sure. Um, and so like, I, I kind of want to be careful in how I put this because there's obviously a you know financial barrier to working with composers. Um, it's quite difficult to you know get the money or right. whatever together. Um, but to me, if you know, you're kind of in my position and you're interested in performing a lot um, more so than other aspects of this musical life, um, it strikes me that a sort of non-negotiable required part of what we do should be playing music by people who are alive. Um, and I say that instead of commissioning, because again, like it costs money too, but there are plenty of pieces by people who are alive that just kind of sit and they collect dust. Um, and not all of those pieces are scary, like, you know, biting your guitar strings, punching your guitar, you know, <laughs> there's not, you know, we don't need to get a guitar quartet and four helicopters together. Like there's a lot of wonderful stuff. Um, I promise you, but the, I guess I was thinking about this and realizing that all these people had done that and that I was interested in doing that in some capacity. Um, and so it seemed like the, the gentle way of beginning was through doing these like little pieces with, uh, you know, people that I kind of knew. Um, and so I asked some folks about that and I did a couple. I have, I don't remember if I made it through two or three before I just like went whole hog and started asking people <laughs> to write like big pieces. Um, I think the impetus for me losing my mind and starting to ask people for big pieces was I had asked one of my friends at, she wasn't my friend yet, but I asked someone at NEC named Bozba to write me a miniature. And she was like, I would love to do that, but I have things going on right now. Uh, it'll have to come up later in the year. Later in the year came and she emailed me and she was like, Jamie, uh, there's this like project between the composition studio, the guitar studio coming up. Like what if instead I wrote like bigger, a bigger piece sure. for you. Sure. And um, I was 
like, of course, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> um, please do that. And um, what she actually ended up doing was like eight minutes of wow. the two shorter pieces, but they're both uh, like four minutes each. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I've played those a couple of times. Um, and then from there, this is something we kind of skipped with the duo, but, you know, in talking with Siad and myself, uh, both as a group and individually, uh, we're both kind of interested in electric guitar. And so in surveying what was available with electric guitar music and, and again, wanting to work with some people that I was aware of, uh, whose music I kind of just felt like might be better suited for that medium than, you know, the old nylon. Sure. I, um, I, asked them to write some stuff and um unfortunately it's become kind of an addiction and uh <laughs> you know but it's good it's good so yeah. i guess you know to go back uh to the original question about the miniatures unfortunately <laughs> that only lasted a short period of time before i just <laughs> just like went into the deep end but, um, but you know it, was, it looked, looked like it was a, a catalyst for some other things yeah, that are right. that have, have kind of grown out of that it's, yeah, it, and it's, it's a great idea anyway i love it you know yeah um and so let, let's talk a little bit about the electric guitar stuff. So um, are you, are you, do you have a background? I mean, as, as many of us did, you know, playing, playing electric guitar, rock and roll bands and stuff in high school. Uh, and I was and more, I, you know, I grew up in a family that went to church a lot. And so we, I, I played guitar in church. Okay. Basically. Um, and what, what style? It was that kind of like contemporary Christian, uh -huh. so you know, like diet rock music. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. um, you know, it, I, I, oh. I know. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, there's there's some there's some beastly playing going on in some of that music, which yeah. is really strange to me. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it really. I look back on them and it does kind of feel like peering into the twilight zone. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that was kind of you know in high school and middle school I did that a lot and. Um, I was really interested in like explosions in the sky, which is, you know, like an ambient post-rock sort of band. And yeah. um, that sort of style of music was really okay. interesting to me. Uh, like Sigaros is also another one that okay. maybe yeah, yeah. More, more people are aware of them, but um, that was kind of what I was into with electric guitar. And okay. Now, have, have, a, have yeah. you have you continued to play through that whole time or is this something that you're coming back to after coming back to yeah for yeah. sure i mean um when i was an undergrad yeah no it, I, when i was an undergrad i did start i was double majoring in classical guitar and jazz guitar but i oh, okay quick, i quickly got rid of the jazz thing um I don't know if that was a good choice or a bad choice but <laughs> it was a choice it was a choice um <laughs> I can't get that one back either. Um, but uh, so after that, yeah, I was just like super, just, you know, classical guitar through sure. and through. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really recall classical music on electric guitar as being something that was in my like field of awareness or something yeah. that I perceived as being possible for many years i guess i mean many is a, obviously an exaggeration um so maybe like five years <laughs> but um yeah and so it, the it got to the point even where like my mom had some of my old gear and i was like i'm never going to use this again so she gave it away to someone who needed it more than i did um but yeah it's definitely been a return to thing more than a yeah, yeah. 
But you had you had some 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 significant experience with with the technology beforehand, so it's not like it's all relearning and whatnot. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, what are you using? So I have this old. Uh, when I was in high school, Epiphone did this. Basically, it's a BBC Lucille or BB mm -hmm. King, rather not uh, BBC uh, BB King Lucille uh, remake, and um, okay. but it's got this like Bigsby on it too. Um, it's kind of a strange guitar, uh, but it's, it does its job. And um, from when I was really into jazz, I um, have this like Roland Cube. Um, uh huh. Sure. I've been thinking about changing that, but we'll see. Um, and then, so this is kind of the thing that got lost as uh, you know, I went away from it and, and have since returned, but. Um, it, We've been, both Seattle and I use like these uh, Line 6 multi-effects units. Um, okay. Which mostly stems from the fact that when I was getting back into this, I was super poor and did not have <laughs> the money to buy individual pedals. Um, I don't know. I, I sometimes think it might be nice to, you know, go back and, and do that pedal board nerd thing yeah. uh, because part of me does still have that like little, I don't know, that little gearhead. Sure. on my oh, shoulder yeah. telling me oh, to yeah. buy some stuff um that's a that's a rabbit hole that's a lot of fun to dive into yeah. you know yeah. now the composers that you're working with for for that resource are are like how aware are they of the possibilities in terms of the soundscapes that you can can create with with the effects units and and are they using that as kind of creative elements in the compositions how's that all working yeah um I mean, the, the, I think the degree of which they engage with that, it obviously differs from person to person, sure. but um, I, I guess maybe the elephant in the room we should mention is that um, a lot of them also use this computer program called Maxim SP to uh, almost, I think of it a lot like playing chamber music with the computer. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, for example, I, Guli Bjornsson, who uh, went to Yale and um, has written for Gigi and and does stuff like that, he does all of his effects processing in Max. Um, okay. So there's no no you know effects pedals needed. Okay. Um, the whole thing goes through there. Whereas um, you know, for example, Andrew Rodriguez and Cassie Wieland, they require effects pedals and then they okay. add more sounds through the computer. Um, so with when yeah. when they're using Maximus P, that he he's basically programming a, a set of effects that you're using to perform the the piece. Correct. Yeah. Does, so his, do the effects change over time as the piece evolves? Or yeah, is, with is his just... his particular piece, uh, they, they do a bit. Uh, they, That's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, his piece. Um, uh, of course, I'm not looking at the score, so I might misrepresent this, but it's something like it takes the the dry sound, splits it through like five different octaves and this like different delay thing that's happening. Um, and the delay kind of changes over time a bit. Um, wow. And then there's this part in the middle where you're kind of like, uh, like rubbing the strings with your uh -huh. right hand like that. Um, I realize that's horribly, you know, ineffective to describe the audio, but basically you're taking your index finger and rubbing, <laughs> rubbing the strings. Um, and so the, the delay kind of goes out sure. and there's some pitch bend, but, um, huh. you know, yeah. while you're interacting with, with the, with the, with the program, is it telling you, did you have like time cues? Yeah. So I mean, I'm the kind of cool thing. So I'm, I'm not super 
uh, knowledgeable about this program. I mostly just open it up and use it. But, um, you know, (laughs) as I understand it, the cool thing about this program is that you can do just about anything. It's like one of those OBS, like open source things. Um, So with his piece, yes, it's a time-based piece. That's Um, really cool. Yeah. And then with other pieces that I've worked with in it, uh, it, it's kind of like, uh, this is kind of a bad example, but like if you're playing a sonata, you, the first theme is like sure. in one setting, you get to the second theme, you right. press a button, it triggers the new. So sound. you as a performer controlling when the, when the mm-hmm. yeah. soundscape's changing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Similar, similar to what you would be if you were stepping on a pedal. Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 But that's, that, that's, that's really, yeah. I'm, I mean, I've never, I've never even thought of that, but of course it's possible. And, and that would, that would be a lot of fun. I would think, you know, and, and what a cool thing for a composer to, you know, like create this template and then have it, have it happen Mm -hmm. almost collaboratively with, with the performer in real time. That's really, that's, that's, that's a great, that's a great thing. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. If you're uh, interested in this. Makes me feel really old. (laughs) (laughs) You youngsters and your stuff and your technology. (laughs) Let me tell you, sometimes I'm like, man, classical guitar school didn't teach me this at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, this was, this was not happening as part of my, yeah, people are like history. still arguing about microphones in the world of classical guitar. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Segovia did not die for me to use a MacBook Pro on this. Oh my gosh! <laughs> nice. Yeah i i did a I did a series of concerts with a singer many many years ago, and it was it was a great idea. It was fantastic, and his whole. The, the idea, the, the whole thing that, that how it started for him was he had he had some experience in the world of, of pop and rock music and and there are theatrical elements that happen in that world you know in terms of lighting and costuming and programming and things like this yeah um, and he just he just grabbed a couple of them and, and applied them to the idea of doing a, a vocal recital and and it's funny because the the idea of like not having applause in between every 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 piece of music not uh, or like taking taking songs from different uh, historical time periods or different genres or different languages and creating sets mm-hmm. of that rather than here's my German set here's my Italian set here's you know um, yeah doing arrangements with with uh, a, a pianist and a guitarist on the same program sometimes playing together oh my gosh you know and then lighting costuming the, the whole thing and not not big elaborate things either just little tiny tiny subtle things it struck me as odd that these very simple ideas were considered revolutionary in the in the, in the world of yeah. the, the classical music art song you know and, and yeah yeah you know, it's just, it's, again, it's just, it's just, it's funny, you know, like that, that this, this idea that things kind of got stuck in a certain way and, and, you know, why, yeah, why, why don't we take these innovations and do things mm-hmm. and look, look for new ways and exciting things to do? That's, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, really I remember like the, many years ago, um, gosh, it was in the early nineties, maybe I saw Ben Verdery play yeah. at, at the University of Akron Great, great concert, just fantastic concert. But he did, he did an encore of uh, an original piece that he had written for electric guitar, and like 
people went nuts. I mean, there's just, they couldn't believe that this was happening. And, yeah. you know, and at the same time, they were very excited about it, you know, but it's just, it's, it's so, so funny to think about that as being, you know, like, <laughs> well, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so... Here's an instrument that's been around for a hundred years. And like, right. You know? <laughs> right. I know. It's so weird to me how, um, just because I'm lazy, I don't really see myself mixing classical guitar with electric guitar in the same concert because I don't want to travel with all that stuff. It's way right. too much to deal with. But it's weird to me how in a lot of cases that's sort of like, oh my gosh, what is this? Is kind of the initial reaction. But then people always really are into it. Like, of course. You know, there's some like uh, pieces, for example, like Nicholas Ma's Music of Memory. I played that piece at this it was this like weird pop-up concert. It was in this uh, like fan, like hip, fancy pasta restaurant. Um, and I was doing this go show. I was the classical guitarist. There was a hip hop artist and there was a rock band. Oh, fantastic. And, and I went first and uh, I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, I played those two pieces or I played one of those pieces by Bozbo that I was talking about earlier. Um, and then I was like, I'm a classical musician. I like big, serious pieces of classical music. So I'm going to do that for you all tonight. Yeah. Just so you all see. And you could tell like a little bit before that the reaction was like, I don't know how this is going to go. And of course, you know, as one who knows what Nicholas Maul's music memory is like, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. But, <laughs> you know, like. Well, we'll all hope it works out just fine. Yeah. And, but, you know, you get to the end and everyone's like, oh, wow, that was really cool. And I always feel like, well, if, you know, a bunch of 24 year olds who are way more interested in whatever, you know, craft beer they just bought than what I'm doing or can, can have that reaction to that piece. Then like, why can't whatever guitar society also? Yeah. Um, yep. That is what it is. Like, I guess we're all yeah, fighting absolutely. our own battles there. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a reality, isn't it? You know? And, and I think, uh, you know, and, and this is something again, you know, the, the, speaking as a, as a, as a bit of a seasoned old time kind of person and I, I'm not you know I'm not a conservative mind I'm not I've never been like I, I'm I'm always into the weird stuff you know and 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 uh but even so like there there is definitely a, a generational difference in terms of um how how folks are are proceeding with just building a career or, or, or doing what they do um and I saw it. I saw it with the the university students that I was teaching when I was still doing that. And uh, you know, it's 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 exciting. It's 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 for me. It's kind of. I mean, it's really cool. I look at it and I say, "Wow, that's that's really really exciting." It's so very different from from what I know. And mm -hmm. and on the other hand, it's like wow, I really don't get it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I am so far. I mean, I, I just, it makes me feel so old, you know, but it's like, but it's cool. It's exciting. And, and, and I think what's going to be really interesting is, you know, I, th I think that kind of attitude that I, that I've seen in, in, in younger folks, um, probably over, you know, just over the past decade or so really, um, you know, it's going to, what's going to be interesting is to see the next generation, you know, over the next 10 years where that's the, that's yeah. quote, the normal, right. That where right. it's not this, it's, it, it, we're not, we're no longer in the revolutionary period. We're, we're in the post-revolutionary <laughs> yeah, period sure. and just to see what, what's, how that's going to be. Um, mm. And, and when it gets to the point where, uh, you know, 
those of us who are, are more seasoned are no longer around and, and, and there's not that that kind of strange dichotomy or strange, strange, strange separation between, Oh, you know, it was ew. back in my day. It was, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that all pans out. But it's, I, I look at it. It's just exciting to me, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the technology that's available and the, and the, uh, the willingness for folks to use it. You know, I mean, when I was, when I was in high school, there was, there was no internet, you know, there was, right. the, you know, the, the VCR was an exciting new thing. <laughs> I mean, when I was in high school, the DVD player was an exciting thing. Right. <laughs> but you, just to think about how that changes things, you know, and, and I mean, the idea, if somebody had told, you know, 15 year old Carl that, yeah, we're going to be using computers in these ways and, and like, without even thinking about it, it's going to be easy for people to do this. Um, yeah. you know, it would have blown my mind. I would, yeah. I would have had no concept of that at all, you know, and, and, and now it's, it, there it yeah. is, we're doing yeah, it. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's really, really kind of cool. So, I mean, even for like 15 year old me, like I would not have been able to fathom, you know, like laptops like this didn't exist back then, you know, yeah. how, how was I going to lug my whole like Dell desktop to right. the concert hall, you know? So, um, I, I've seen yeah. people do it. Yeah. I mean, they did that first generation of, of, uh, PC music. I, I saw many a recital where people had like just you know wheel it in on the on the hand truck and you know right. <laughs> mountains of wires and it takes uh, four hours to set everything up and now right. yeah yeah you just walk into your laptop boom here we are yep. yeah. yeah it's 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 amazing it's absolutely amazing and and the the idea I I, I I'm really I'm kind of stuck on this idea of the real time like processing like as a compositional element, I like, I mean, it's probably, it's probably been going on for years and, and I just, I never, never thought of that, but that's, I, that's a, that's a, that's a cool thing. That's yeah. Really, it's really, really kind of neat. It's really interesting to navigate it because like I was saying, I really do think it is like playing with someone else. It's just, yeah. Unfortunately, the someone else is not going to adjust to you. Like, right. like you know, <laughs> like this computer is going to go how it goes. It's going to so, do its thing, um, yeah. What, yeah. But that, that forces you to kind of, again, like grow and, and right. yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. have a different sort of antenna that you're, you're yeah. kind of setting out there yeah. to, to do, yeah. you know. And, so, you know, there's no way it would have happened. Well, I mean, it might have happened, but I, I don't think it would be as going as well as maybe it is going had I not played more chamber music uh, you know like right. that chamber music experience is really valuable and even sure. in this solo setting um which is one of those things that's really weird to think about like had I not played with all those singers five years ago that you know I would be struggling to play with my laptop here but uh yeah like you know all those things help um and make a difference that's that's really cool it's great and so do you have do you have performance dates set up for all of that stuff yeah. that you're doing with the with the composers? Um so what's next Sunday the 25th? Yeah. Um April 25th I'm going to do of the kind of electric guitar stuff I do um the next iteration of it. So it's going to be five pieces one by Gulli Bjornsson, who's at Princeton right now. Um, one by James May, who's in New Orleans. Yes, Lancaster is somewhere in Virginia before they can get to Canada for their next program. Um, Cassie Leland is in Brooklyn. 
And then I'm excited to be adding a new piece by Andrew Rodriguez, who lives in Champaign, Illinois. Um, and so I've, I've done all of the pieces, but Andrew's pieces a couple times over the last uh, six, eight months. Um, but I guess in the future, you know, as, as we all kind of are grappling with, sure. I'm not quite sure what, <laughs> what will come next, but hopefully yeah. Fingers crossed that that and, project and will get played live sometime. Are you are you doing those on on Facebook Live? Is that? Uh, so I've been doing them um, through my own little Bengals concert series. Um, so you can find information on that on uh, okay. Monk.com. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, you can of course also find it on um, you know like social. Okay. Um, yeah. Great. Very very cool. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think we can get wrapped up here in the next few minutes. Um, is there anything else that, uh, that you want to want to talk about or want to tell people about or. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> anything at all. <laughs> I think, you know, we covered yeah. most of it. Um, I think it's wonderful that people such as yourself, uh, are making these opportunities available. Um, I think perhaps you're underselling uh, your your own. Uh, I think you have a much wider perspective on things than maybe you've been letting yourself into. Um, <laughs> well, I will take you that. See, under you see much 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 hipper than other other such people in the world of classical <laughs> guitar. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, well, I appreciate that. I, I uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I've always yeah. I've always kind of thought that because uh, my my upbringing was. Um, you know, like, I wouldn't say that I, I come from like a, like a really highly cultured, yeah. um, you know, the, the world, the world of art music is, 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 is a rather upper crust thing, like it or not, you know, I mean, that's, it's, there's a, there, there are cultural Im, Im, impacts on that. And I was just never part of that world. And it was, yeah. it was really interesting to me that, that, uh, you know, growing up and coming, coming up with my training and all that kind of stuff, you know, I was, it, it was a culture shock because yeah. I wasn't of that culture, you know, right, I was, right. I was of very much from working class yeah. um, mm -hmm. beginnings and whatnot. And, and, and I've always kind of thought, you know, I have, I have, I have one foot in, in, in that world and, and I have all this training and education and, and a lot of experience in, in this other, like very elitist kind of upper crust <laughs> thing at the same, yes. and it's a really interesting kind of way that those, those mixed together. But, um, but I, I, I appreciate it. And, and I take that as a, as a compliment and I will, I'll take your, I'll take your advisement sure. under consideration. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been great to, great to talk to you and really great to, to get to know you a little bit. And in, uh, in times when, when we're able to do so and travel and, and meet face to face and whatnot and all of that, I hope, I hope our paths will cross in like mm -hmm. real time in, a room where we can both breathe the same air safely oh, <laughs> when, the, when the air is not on fire anymore. Yes. So, what a strange year it's been. <laughs> yeah, and it just seems to get stranger. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear that. Yep. 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 So, and, and I, I would, I would love to have you back sometime if, if we can, if we mm -hmm. can do that and just check sure. in and see, see how things have, have gone for you and, and good luck yeah. with all of the, the exciting yeah. new projects. It's great. And, and, I hope I can check some of it out. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> unfortunately, I think 
the podcast probably yeah, is not going to air before. <laughs> it's definitely not going to air before the 25th, but uh, so we, we're not going to get the marketing push on that. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll let you know when, we're, when no. we go live and everything. I was we'll thinking live. about that and I was like, yeah, that's probably it's, not going to happen, right. but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> People should still know about yeah, it. Absolutely. Right. So. I appreciate it. So, yeah, yeah, great. Well, nice talking to you, Jamie. Thank you very very much, and best of luck to you. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if there's ever a chance to come to Columbus, let me know. I love Columbus. It's a wonderful place. I come up there often, randomly. Um, This is Carl Woolwind. Let me know next time you're you're around. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar Online Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. Mm